Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The Star Wars universe is constantly expanding. So how the heck are you going to keep tabs on it without a holocron? And where in the rim can I score the juiciest news and rumors? Ah, you seek State of the Empire, nerdy show's Star Wars speculation podcast that looks for news in Alderaan places. We dig into the Sarlacc pit of the internet for the hottest intel in the galaxy far, far away, make Indiana Jones inquiries, and keep watch for the latest on Willow. Head to nerdyshow.com slash Star Wars. It's the show you're looking for. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. I'm Boar. And I'm John. And thank you so much, everybody, for giving us a two-week vacation. I assure you, it wasn't necessarily a vacation for any of us. Yeah. Yeah, not really. (laughs) But what have we been filling this time with? Much. Much? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, speaking personally, I traveled to Tucson, Arizona and hung out with the folks at Fangamer for a little while. I actually don't know if I can talk about what we did, but this is the first year um, since 2015 there hasn't been a Camp Fangamer, which is their, their major, very strange convention event, an immersive narrative experience i've gone on and on about it in past episodes published a huge article about the 2015 iteration and so there wasn't one this year but i did some stuff don't get too excited just some on-camera video work no big deal but some very exciting things are happening over there as you might know they're the force behind the physical edition of undertale the one for ps4 that comes with the music box yes oh okay now They've been doing merch for Undertale since it started. They they did those amazing Undertale figurines and that great 90s action figure style commercial for them. What I didn't realize was that as fan gamers stepping into this bigger world of producing one of the hottest pre-orders spiraling out of E3, that they're actually handling all that shipping themselves. Oh, wow. <laughs> those poor bastards. <laughs> so I've been to their first... Uh, they they've had they've rented out space in the past. They've, I've I've been to some of Fangamer's humble beginnings and rented out office spaces. But two years ago, they got their own standalone shipping distribution office space. <laughs> that is not cutting it anymore, and that was a hefty space. So like, <laughs> I, I I don't know if if the deal is sealed, but they are shopping around for a warehouse. I toured a warehouse with them. Uh, Wow. Big things coming for Fangamer. Very, very exciting because they're amazing people. They make amazing stuff. 
And it was awesome to get to hang out with them because I was worried I wasn't going to get to. And they're dear, sweet friends. While I was there, um, it was, you know, mostly work and a bit of play. But I, I also, I, I, did, uh, I did look up on flotation locations if there was a float center in Tucson. And, oh, yeah? And there were a couple. Is this some new website that you're subscribed to? Well, I talked about it when I talked about the sensory deprivation uh, experiences. I believe the episode is called Journeys of the Body and the Mind. I remember something about a Groupon. I don't remember anything about a, a specific website for floating. Yeah, well, there, Groupon was is how I afford this at all because it's way too expensive for me generally. Um, but there's also a website called Flotation Locations where you type in your zip code and find out if there's a float center near you. Yeah. So I was like, what's the deal in Tucson? What you got? And they had a really cool new agey joint called Cloud9 Flotation run out of a lady's house. Very, very nice, very well <laughs> appointed. No, it was, I mean, it's a professional business, but like it's got this great uh, homey, intimate feel. And they put you onto the floorboards. It's fantastic. <laughs> what, <laughs> but what, what sold me on it was that they had a thing on their menu called the Heavenly Sandwich. I'm interested. Explain. And, and, and I was like, okay, so I'm going to Tucson, hanging out with my Earthbound pals at Fangamer, and that sounds like an item from Earthbound, so let's do it. It was uh, two hour-long float sessions with, in between, some... Uh, sonic sound therapy and reiki that's like the the meat and then the the buns uh, are the floats okay and uh it was it was fun like the there's a i put my head inside of a, a like if you take the shape of a pyramid just the beams that make the shape of a pyramid obviously yeah. and and say say you're making it out of sticks well in this case the sticks making that shape are crystal rods and you put your head in between the crystal rods, and they're all they're all toned differently. So basically, you get this bizarre three sixty toned differently. Well, I mean, they have different frequent. They when you when you when you kabong them it? with a mallet, okay. they they have different tones. Okay. And okay. So you're you're smacking crystals. Yeah. Around your head. Yeah, around my head. For the, mu- that the are, music, uh, as different, different lengths and widths to create different sounds. Now I don't I don't know that Maybe. that crystals or reiki or sound baths do anything of the sort, but I do know that uh, it does make my head tingle. So, no arguments here. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Uh, After that, let's see. Came back to Orlando, and Doug, Tony, local shop, and I went to Megaplex and showed off Lightning Dogs, and it was a great time. We'll be talking more about that on the Lightning Dogs podcast, Mm -hmm. but suffice it to say, we met a lot of cool people. We had a lot of fun. We did a panel, and uh, generally a very good weekend. It was an experience. It was an experience. Definitely we, an experience. We met the human version of one of our lightning dogs. Yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> there, <laughs> it's it's. How would you even begin to explain? Well, uh, there there's a lightning dog named Pierre. Yeah, and he's tall. Yeah, and he has like he's a poodle. Uh huh. And he has a a, a poodle afro. Mm-hmm. He's in a martial arts and his superpower is running. Mm-hmm. We met a guy who was all of that except not a poodle. Yeah, <laughs> he was and, the yeah the human version. And he saw Pierre on the page and was like holy shit that's me yeah and then as we talked to him more we discovered oh that is you yeah and at first it, it was just like ha 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 passing resemblance then yeah. the longer we talked it was like 
what what like <laughs> this, this this is this a joke like you just came by and just say yes to everything that we're asking you like you know are you oh you do you do, do any martial arts yes oh you, you know do you do you like cheeseburgers yes do you like to run fast yes it's like i have all these things I, stacked up I have add, you ever fought a glampire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't just answering yes it was yes and yeah it was yes and yeah yeah <laughs> so all in all a, a a great weekend we we did a lot of sketching a lot of we had we were we were doing dirt cheap con sketches i gave two away for free and i'm not an artist (laughs) i just sketched a doodle and then i handed it away i'm sure everyone's very grateful that those were free yeah but oh yeah 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 yeah. the 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 the, the, it was free drawings and free fun from doug yes because i was feeling left out since i wasn't an artist and people are always asking for art you usually charge a premium for fun too yeah it's well it's really my time that's Mm -hmm. what that's what i end up spending so it was it wasn't free for me it was a lot of uh had you know gave me some humility knowing that i couldn't really do that well it was a good wake up it was a good reminder the why we have artists and why (laughs) uh, i can't be jack of all trades so if you're not aware of lightning dogs it's an animated series we're developing there's more info at lightningdogs.com and a podcast detailing our entire experience as well as our 36 page sketchbook of all of our favorite concept art so far and it's only five bucks so you can pick that up online it's only three if you want a digital version head to nerdyshow.com slash store for some (laughs) for some digital styles of all sorts john what what have you been up to i've been spending a lot of time in the vr they've come out with like a lot of like cad programs in the last couple of weeks like google came out with one that's sort of like tilt brush but for actually making 3d models then there was like another one that came out and I think even like another one. It's just getting like really, really crazy. So I've been trying to figure out which ones of them would actually be useful, um, you know, what their drawbacks are. And it, it it's kind of crazy, you know, <laughs> uh, none of them let me actually measure measure, though, which I find to be really obnoxious because if you're making stuff physically and it actually has to be mechanically sound. You need to be able to, you know, keep material thicknesses exactly so. Hmm. You know what I mean? So like, to, for, for clarity, if anyone's wondering what a CAD program is or anything, John, you're, you're basically sculpting in virtual space. And yes. you sent me a well, picture of a weird uh, dragon dog face that you... How did you make that? Was that like it, f- with your hands somehow or like shape tools yeah, no, that was just the uh, the the vibe. Um, it's a program called Codon. That one specifically, and basically they're trying to be the ZBrush, which you know is a very very high level professional program. Anybody who does any three D modeling, even slightly organic, uses it somewhere in their you know group of programs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's basically trying to be the Codon of the virtual reality space. I made the entire thing in like three minutes, and like you know, is it perfect? No, but is it like you know, pretty well detailed. Could I then take that into ZBrush and clean it up? Well, so, yeah, that doesn't look you know. like that. What you sent me didn't look like three minutes. Because, I mean, hopefully everybody's seen the the dingo from Lightning Dogs that I built in Google Tilt Brush, which took me, I believe, three hours. Yeah. And it looks like garbage. I mean, it's fun garbage, but it's garbage. Well, it was like, you know, it was like an impressionistic version. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, if, uh, I mean, after you got your... Uh, feet wet so to speak and code on you probably would have been able to do that in you know 15 minutes not necessarily the gun because it doesn't do straight lines quite as well although hmm. anyway <laughs> that's what zbrush is for right 
I, I guess I'll believe um, everything and, and you tell me. And other cat programs that are more good for the, you know, squares, rectangles, those kinds of things. So if you were able to sculpt an interesting thing in 3D in the virtual space, what would you be doing with it? Would you be producing jewelry or mo- or like models? You could. Uh, I mean, the reality of it is, is that that's basically a pretty much fully 3D ready uh or 3D printable model right there. And so you could do models right away. Um, You could definitely then take that and run it through some of the other programs to clean it up and go ahead and paint it and, you know, uh, rig it up for 3D animation, put it in games, put it in movies. Um, You know, I mean, you pretty much have your whole gateway open from there. Wow. Okay, that's that's much more powerful than I anticipated you saying. Um, The fact that... Yeah, no, I mean, it's a... Frickin' completely normal 3D model, and you can export it to the stars. So you could hypothetically make a computer-animated film where all of the characters were sculpted like claymation, but 100% in virtual space. Yeah, I mean, probably. It would just be, you know, miserable like any project like that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My life, where did it go? (laughs) Anyway. Well, that's crazy. (laughs) 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 How about you, Boar? Oh man, um, I've been doing a lot of traveling, so I haven't been, uh, I don't know, consuming quite as much as I would want to as far as, uh, you know, movies and TV shows and whatnot. But uh, in the time that I've had free, I have been able to play a little bit of Quake Champions. I revisited that game a while back. I brought it up when it first came out. And you were like, no. And I was like, no. And I think, thinking back, a lot of my problem had to do with the net code was really bad and the game was really fast. So it just was kind of like a horrible cocktail for not fun. Um, (laughs) But they seem to have improved the net code and the game runs a lot more smoothly now. So it's, uh, it's pretty fun except for the only thing that was bugging me is I, I, I I used to play a lot of like quake three and uh, unreal tournament and stuff like that and i i used to be really good at it and you know it, like it's a very twitch game you have to have really fast reactions and stuff like that but this made me feel like an old man and i was like am i just this out of touch with this type of game i mean i've, I've been playing shooters since then ha- am i just this dull nowadays uh-huh you just aren't dropping astronaut speed like all the kids are well, the the thing is, is I'm pretty sure this game is way faster than even Quake 3 was <laughs> because uh, as a comparison, uh, Unreal Tournament has a new like alpha version out now and that game feels like, you know, the original Unreal Tournaments and those games were pretty fast also. But I, I loaded up Unreal Tournament, the new, the new alpha version, and it feels really, really slow by comparison to Quake <laughs> Champions. So I don't think it's wow. completely in my head. Uh, combined with the fact that some of these champions have like movement speed increasing abilities on top of their already <laughs> freakish speed. What? Uh, so yeah, like there's one character, he's like a, he's a damn lizard man. And <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's got the ability to bunny hop, which is, it used to be like a glitch where you could kind of like hop and increase your hop speed. Hopping lizards! Hopping lizards. Disgusting! But he can increase his speed by just repeatedly hopping, and you can get to ridiculous uh, speeds with, with characters like that. And uh, I, I didn't feel as bad after, after that, but if you load up like Overwatch or something like that after you've been playing Quake Champions, you're like, why am I covered in tar? Every, <laughs> everything is so slow. <laughs> 
Uh, so th- I don't know. That's interesting. It's kind of frustrating because I'm not the greatest at it yet. But uh, but you're playing uh, it, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I have continued to play it. So we'll see. You know, I, I don't think I'm going to be... Uh, competing at a professional esports level anytime soon, <laughs> but uh, well, you're gonna need some performance enhancing drugs first. I probably will. So anything to increase my brain, uh, like hand coordination there, like some gamer blood. Gamer blood. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I want it. Comes in flavors like tactical grape. Maybe if I had a blood boy, I could be infused with the blood of a of, of a younger gentleman <laughs> <laughs> to or increase bunnies. my vi- my my vitality. Neon green. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one I've been playing is Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, have you heard of this one at all? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, uh, it's kind of like a. Uh, have you seen the the movie Battle Royale? Jap- I have not. Ja- I'm familiar movie? with the premise. Okay, it's. I, I'm told I haven't seen Hunger Games, but I'm I'm told it's similar. I'm told in Hunger premise. Games is a ripoff of Battle Royale. Yes, I'm also told that, but I've only seen Battle Royale. But basically, the premise is. Uh, in Battle Royale, anyway, they, they put all these kids on an island and they made them fight to the death. For a reality show. Uh, well, no, it's maybe. for, to, it's like a government yeah, issued was, thing to clean up. Okay. Yeah. N- uh, wells. I'm just thinking of like Nasubi and other Japanese reality shows that are kind of like that without the murder. Yeah. But anyway, this one, uh, <laughs> they, they get uh, a load of, I don't know, about a hundred players together put them on a plane, and then this plane starts flying over an island. And at any point you want, you can hit a button and then Jump drop out, yeah. from the plane and then parachute down to the ground. Now, this is like a big uh, abandoned island that clearly had some form of civil- civilization on it before. So there's like little towns and cities and prisons and airports and stuff like that. So once you land, you have to start scavenging and finding guns and ammo and equipment and armor and whatnot, and then you have to survive. Uh, the thing that speeds it up is there's like a play area, so there's a big circle on the map, and if you're not within that circle, you slowly die. And it starts off that the circle isn't really there. They just kind of say that you know there's a gray Most of the island there's is, a gray you know. circle, and they're just like, hey, you've got to get within this circle within like ten minutes or something. I, I've got some questions already. So this is a video game. This is a video game. Is it a first-person shooter? First or third. Okay. And it's a online-only competitive game? Yes. With, with a shockingly intense premise? Yep. With uh, about There's a, no story for what I With roughly 100 people at a time, yeah. and, give or take. And is the idea you start playing it, and then you play it for a set amount of time, and then it ends? Or it ends well, when everyone's dead? It ends when everyone's dead. Uh, so which, you typically start at the beginning and play... And for an undetermined amount of time until it's over. Well, the circle keeps shrinking. Yeah, the, the circle keeps shrinking. And if you don't stay within the circle, you die. Like okay. It, 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 <laughs> it starts sapping away your health. And like the further away from the circle you are, the faster you die. And, or, and how long but, does it take to do that? Uh, a little while. Like if, if you're just a little bit out of bounds of the circle, sometimes you can, you know, run make, into ma- it, run into mm-hmm. it and you'll be okay. You just need to bandage yourself up a little uh-huh. bit. So you could probably use that strategically if you absolutely had to go through the outside right? yeah yeah like if if you're you know pretty good at killing other people and you can get yourself into the center of the circle and set up a little fort or something you can probably pick people off as they're hurry, uh, hurrying into the circle or something um but it's uh it's interesting uh the 
it's a lot more fun if you go in a squad. So if you have some friends that are playing it, you can all team up and it'll like group you together and show you in the game where the other people are. So that makes it a little bit more fun uh, because if you get shot enough, you don't die right away. They can help you up and and you can kind of keep going if if they've got your back enough like if if they're able to clear out whoever shot you or whatever hmm. it's uh it, it's pretty interesting but the the only bad thing is is sometimes you can you know you'll drop down you'll find a bunch of amazing gear you'll get like oh i've got an ak-47 and i've got full armor and i've got a backpack full of uh survival gear let's headshot. do this and then yeah headshot or something <laughs> like the first time you see somebody and you just built up or don't see them at you, all. You yeah. built up your arsenal for twenty minutes or yeah. something, and then and then you just fall over. Um, but it, it, it's it's interesting. Sometimes it's extremely satisfying. Other times it is extremely frustrating. So it, it's an early access game, and uh, I don't. Uh, they, they're supposed to be improving it, obviously, since it's early access. I mean, it sounds like a great premise and a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the, my only gripe, like the thing I would change about it is the circle mechanic goes a little bit too quickly Mm. because it kind of, it, I get that, you know, they want to force the matches to be faster, but it seems like they're, they accelerate it just a little bit too much because sometimes I get in a game and I'm far away from the circle and I spend most of my time just worrying about being in the circle. (laughs) I could see myself wanting a game mode where there is no circle and it's just like, (laughs) <laughs> last one alive yeah and, and there and it becomes the strategic hide and seek it may be impossible because yeah. you, know, you could you could hide I, in a fucking bush and no one would ever i find know you. yeah i know so that's <laughs> believe you know. me i know <laughs> but yeah. you know you're not gonna, the the deadliest game you know is or hunt or whatever I, you want you want humans hunting humans in a maybe survival maybe scenario. in that version of the game they would just have to have like a collar on you that if you didn't move every now and then it would zap you a little oh, yeah. bit yes. if you don't yeah <laughs> so if, if you don't if so you don't move to discourage camping yeah like if you don't move within 10 minutes it starts zapping you yeah, and then, yeah. well yeah. in sword art online in when they did the i think it was gun gale or whatever like they had a satellite that would pass over every 10 minutes or something and you could then see where everybody was unless they had managed to obscure themselves somehow uh-huh um, that's so, an interesting like, take on it, it really made you have to keep moving because otherwise everybody knew where the fuck you were huh. um alternatively you could just start carpet bombing the entire island after you know 30 minutes and see who manages to dodge the warplanes that is actually already a mechanic there's red zones that awesome. show up and they bomb the <laughs> if you're in a red zone they bomb the crap out of it <laughs> <laughs> oh god it hurts to laugh my abs um, <laughs> oh, humble brag, John's abs. Oh, and uh, as a as an interesting uh, aside on that same topic, uh, have you seen Twitch plays Pokemon and, or anything like that before? Wait, just in general? Yes. I mean, like internet yeah. sensation. Are you familiar two? with the concept of Twitch plays? Of course. Top, like, what top nerdy thing of the year when it yeah. came out? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Course, yeah. Okay, so they have Twitch plays players unknown battlegrounds. Oh, oh, how does that work? How the yeah? How the fuck does that work? <laughs> well, horrible. they just play the game uh they they put somebody that you know they just have a character that's constantly playing the game and people like input commands into the chat and then that player does that and wait uh, so a human player has to interpret the written command no 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 no. it automatically like the computer (laughs) so he just starts spinning in a circle and nothing ever happens uh no but sometimes uh you know like i I said that they're in a plane and they can choose when they fall out at any time Mm mm-hmm 
a lot of times when I watched it, they were landing right in the ocean <laughs> because, you know, they weren't being intelligent about when to release. Yeah. So then most of the time people were trying to fight to get the character just onto shore. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of times. It's How can you aim or shoot with, with that, with all those inputs? You basically can't. Well, because there's, there's like a big delay and everything, but right. it, Twitch it's play still, sounds less fun than ever. It's still kind of funny because every now and then it'll last a surprisingly long time. And they'll be it, like in the top 10 finalists of, of you right. Know, Cause yeah. it'll just be derping around in a corner somewhere. <laughs> and that's actually sort of a valid strategy as long as you're within the circle. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, ah, fucking uh, Twitch beat me. <laughs> like, uh, how about you, Doug? Uh, well, lately, um, uh, busy doing work for nerdy show and the convention and whatnot like that. But, uh, at home, uh, I've been replaying the remastered edition of Uncharted, like, mm. uh, because it released on PS4 and I played it years and years and years ago, but I wanted to play it again, uh, mostly because I had finished the fourth game and my wife, who was pretty vocal about her, uh, I don't want to say distaste for video games, but definitely like she loves certain games. Like she loves certain like side scrollers. She loves the classics, but she doesn't like enjoy these running shooters and she's like oh they never have any great story or anything i'm like no uncharted is like uncharted is like the one that you should play because it has an amazing story and amazing characters and she just kind of rolls her eyes at it but she was watching me play the fourth one and is like this does look really good and i'm like yeah you should play it would be great you know and you could you know experience this amazing story and i'm trying to convince her to to play the others by playing uh the remastered one and the way i'm doing it is i'm i'm doing the remastered the first three remastered on hard difficulty so that i unlock the ability so that when she does play it it's just one shot kills <laughs> for the enemies <laughs> because i don't know because she's so not used to like 3d like games like running shooters where you have like you know using both uh toggles on the on you know on the gamepad where you're like now, you're moving i've, I've heard on. of games when you go when you complete them they unlock like a harder mode oh I'm, yeah this has i that. haven't heard of the opposite of that <laughs> Nah, yeah, no. Th- well, this it's all in good fun because like they have a mode called Explorer mode where it's really like it's re- it's not even easy. It's like dirt easy. It's like really really easy. And I'm worried that even that might be too much to throw at her. <laughs> so that's why I want to give her like the Explorer <laughs> mode plus one shot kills plus infinite ammo. Okay, you know whatever, just so she can go through and play it, and not have to worry about because because again, I-, I tried to get her to play Oblivion when that came out, and in the beginning, oh, the- Oblivion is well so complicated. It is, but just even her trying to escape the the jail cell was like almost impossible because she couldn't coordinate her feet movement with her head movement like she was never looking in the direction she was moving <laughs> where and they okay. basically just drag you out of the prison practically by force yeah <laughs> and uh they, but she she couldn't quite wrap her mind around it she can play any she, she could play Mega Man she could play Mario like nothing she could run through it it's great she has a lot of fun but for whatever reason games are moving in a 3D space she just has a hard time huh. figuring it out okay ha- what about Mario 64 I don't mm, know if she's mm. if she's played it. She she's probably played it at some point, but she probably would strongly prefer the two D version because uh-huh. it's you know it's it's strange. Well, you don't have to simultaneously worry about where Mario's head is looking and where he's running at the same time. True, true, yeah. Mm. But uh, Uncharted, you know, I can tell that she's gonna like it if she just gets you know that far into it because it's not like I've like oh you should play Mass Effect. She's like ah, I'm not really into the lasers or like the shooting or the aliens or whatever and people should know if you're a fan of ghostbusters this is this is nina from ghostbusters that doug is talking about yeah 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 and uh uh you know not that many lasers i mean most of them are firing particles 
Yeah, well, you know, semantics. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> to anyone who's like, you know, outside, it's like, actually, it's using a Mass Effect field. It's not really lasers at all. Anyway, but the, um, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very close to, like, I just finished the first game. So that one's going to be unlocked, ready for her to play. So I'm like, ah, there, look, look, Nina, I, I beat it. You can, you know, now you can play it and, and start this, this amazing process. And I'll just try and remain one game ahead of you. So by the time you get to that game, it'll be unlocked with all the easy modes and whatever, whatever. And she's like, I don't know if I want to play it anymore. I've been watching you play it for like five hours. I'm like, no, I've already like cursed myself. Like she's already seen half of it because I went through and I'm trying to beat it on hard mode and I keep dying over and over again. And the point being, since I'm playing it on this like hard mode, which is harder than any other, because I'm I'm a wimp. I'll just play it on easy or maybe normal, like when I first play a game. But playing on hard mode just to unlock this, I'm like getting frustrated over and over again. I'm just painting a very negative picture. I typically don't like hard modes because they they seem to spend most of their time balancing the normal mode, and then the hard modes are usually like the AI is just psychic or something. Yeah, you know, like, no, no, it really is. Like it, yes, yeah. it's it's it's. Perfect Sims. It, it was insulting. It was like I'm at the I'm getting towards the end of the game and you know it's one shot kills basically by the time you get to the end and everyone's aim gets better the closer you yeah. get to the end of the game. So basically never stick your head up ever and yeah. you have to blind fire whittle down someone's health so you have to have enough ammo saved up so that you can blind fire miss 25 percent of your shot yeah. it's insane it's like that's typically why i don't like hard modes i know like yeah. um arena shooters and stuff like quake 3 for example if you turn the difficulty level up enough the bots just always knew where you were yeah like if you looked at their perspective they were just watching you through walls you know and and so. and, and and playing the first uncharted is also like you can see how a game develops, like how it gets more sophisticated as it goes along as a series. Mm -hmm. Cause I've just, I like, I literally just finished the fourth one and then I started, went back to play the first one and it's so quaint in like what it tries to accomplish (laughs) comparatively, but there's so many cheap shots where it's just like, all right, just cleared an area. I just cleared it. And then I step forward and from behind a pillar, a guy who was literally standing there the whole time waited and listened as all of his buddies died, you know, and just <laughs> just to get that uh, bam shotgun like, you know, out of nowhere type of thing. So I die and I read because one shot kill. So I restart the area. I know the guy's behind the pillar the entire time and I'm throwing grenades and everything and it doesn't work. I could even see part of the elbow sticking out like waiting <laughs> to come out. And it's like it. I don't want to say it ruins the game, but it definitely made me go, damn, I'm just, I'm so frustrated, like, playing through the same things over and over and over again. A game that I previously enjoyed now has become, like, a grind that left a... You turned it into Dark Souls. Yes! No, it really did. (laughs) No, you really... I think you hit the nail on the head, because it's like, okay, knowing this, I have to somersault from here to here, because this thing is swinging, it's gonna knock me down, so it's, uh, uh... Yeah, it's an experience. I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't recommend playing any of them on hard mode. I just, just... Be be true to yourself and play it normal because you don't want to risk hating something that you already love. I yeah, already I mean, know I love I, it. I mean, they're, uh, in defense of hard modes, and some games, you know, they'll just ramp up the difficulty a little bit, sure. and they'll just give, like, instead of making the AI psychic, they'll just give them more health or... Right, know, right. Give you less health or yeah. less powerful this, guns or something. This does but all of that. Like It does like, all of it. Like, except it does not increase the intelligence of the ai of the enemies that are fighting you because they'll still like no like you know yeah that's when they just have aim bots or something yeah and it's the other thing is they get hyper aggressive so it's like i'll be in like a church and there's a lot of pillars and stuff and they'll instead of it being like maybe three guys now it's like eight and they all come swarming in and they all have grenades and they all just start there he is like immediately there he is like i didn't even i'm 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 crouched behind a pew haven't stuck my head up they walk into the area immediately know where i am 
and they all start throwing grenades at the same time, so much so that their grenades are, like, bouncing off of pillars, coming back at them, and they kill <laughs> half of them before I even do anything, because they are so hardcore trying to get me. Like, one guy will throw a grenade, and, like, three more will try to rush my position, and they just, I don't know. So it's it's humorous in one way, but it's a... Yeah, I, again, I, if I wouldn't If I've really learned recommend. anything about computer AI over the years, from, from movies anyway, it's that if they wanted to be more intelligent, they would probably have to tap into other video game consoles or computers yeah. or something <laughs> to increase to their cognitive yeah, abilities. Yeah, you have to have a bigger, you have to server, right? Server yeah. space, it's all yeah. about like... Need more, need more RAM. Like I think in Next Generation, when uh, when Data made Moriarty on accident, I th- yeah, I feel like took didn't, over the didn't, yeah, like the yeah. the ship's computer like kind of had a brownout yeah, 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 as yeah. it was trying to make that superior AI. And everyone and it was like, oh, that was a weird little glitch that just happened. Now <laughs> yeah. it's like, all right, we've made it. Now here's Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> how how crazy was it when Moriarty tricked them? Like how much computer space did it need to trick for, yeah. for Moriarty, who is a computer program? artificially intelligent is kind of his own life form in a weird way it would have been really to interesting to forms. see the like the, the outside system what was cpu usage throughout the enterprise the lights all dimmed 50 percent <laughs> like all across the enterprise life support not yeah. essential yeah <laughs> not for holograms <laughs> um so i want to give a quick shout out to two awesome comic books that came out recently they're both indies one is called Mech Cadet U, and it's from Greg Pak, longtime, super accomplished comic book author, and Takeshi Miyazawa, who both of whom created the Marvel character Amadeus Cho, like the Incredible Hulk's super genius young kid pal after Rick Jones kind of grew up and became redundant. Amadeus has been a, a great character through the years. Pack is still doing an awesome job of writing him now that Amadeus himself has become a Hulk of a kind. That's a whole hey comic books, folks. But <laughs> <laughs> on the on the independent comics front, they have just started the series called Mech Cadet U, and it's about a world where some giant sentient giant robots came to Earth looking for humans to pilot them because an alien menace was coming to Earth, and they needed to have this kind of symbio- symbiosis of some kind hmm. to to combat them at this point the story takes place some like 60 or so years later so that the sky core academy has of, of these robots coming to earth new recruits getting in these robots has become basically a tradition there's this infrastructure that's been set up and it's very elitist so you you get in the academy and you train to be the best and fuck everybody else and this is the story of a young janitor kid who dreams of piloting a giant robot and by chance his heart is pure and he gets to pilot a giant robot and bruises the egos of a bunch of other motherfuckers so as as you were telling me the story i was trying to count the number of things that reminded me of so it was robotech meets pacific rim meets titanfall and you ended it with goodwill hunting (laughs) (laughs) and that is the strangest mix i could imagine was not expecting it to go there well met cadet you it's only one issue in so far and it's great and the other one is I like them apples. <laughs> <laughs> the other one's very, very strange. It's called Galacticon, and it is an adaptation of a concept record that Brendan Small of Home Movies and Death Clock um, wrote in 2012. So in 2012, he did a concept record that I didn't know about, and now a sequel to that concept record is coming out, and also a comic book adaptation of the first 
concept record. Interesting. You know, whenever I hear the name Brendan now, I always just think of Coach McGurk. <laughs> just immediately. Well, I can't do a good uh, H. John Benjamin, so I'm not gonna. No. And uh, just just imagine that for yourself. Basically, what this is is a space opera comedy about a deadbeat space superhero in the middle of a divorce and didn't get a prenup, made a bunch of terrible decisions, <laughs> and maybe he's going to save the universe now or get himself killed in the process. But he just lost his condo, so he doesn't have much left to lose. <laughs> so that's Galacticon. They're both really great. Check them out. Now, DuckTales Woo-hoo! is back. A hour-long premiere episode of the brand new DuckTales series recently aired on Disney XD. I believe you can still watch it streaming online if you have a cable connection and insert your data. I don't know how one watches it for free or if that's I would possible. imagine that it's probably going to be on Hulu before too long. I, I don't know if maybe they'll wait until the end of the season or something, but... A lot of the Disney shows have been showing up on Hulu. Maybe, maybe. But I think we probably all grew up loving the original DuckTales. Mm-hmm. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> and the show, the show was fantastic. And the Scrooge McDuck comics, which I discovered later in life, are likewise fantastic and has a whole rich history of shockingly deep continuity and a bunch of Europeans just being all about Donald Duck. <laughs> He's like... He's so much bigger than Mario and Mickey and all the other mascots. It's Donald all the way over there. So there's a lot riding on this. DuckTales has a very storied history, bringing it back. It's serious business. And what they've done here is a astoundingly stylized show that is full of charm and fun and has uplifted the original formula into something that really meets the standards of today's episodic storytelling. Hmm. It's it's very much an all-ages thing. I mean, sure, it's for kids, but it's as much for kids as Gravity Falls is. You know, maybe not as, as deep as Gravity Falls, but it's a good time. So I'm just putting that out there. Everyone should check it out. And, oh, man, it's it just, it just got it. It's doing it right. For example, Scrooge McDuck... He's an adventure capitalist. <laughs> adventure. Adventure <laughs> capitalist. It was there all along. <laughs> it's so good. Well, I think, you know, the, the term venture capitalist has worked its way more into our psyche these yeah. days. So mm-hmm. even if it was a thing back when the original thing happened, like not, it wasn't on everybody's brains. So yeah, but, but now's the time. That, now's the yeah, time. for That, that is great. <laughs> And he's voiced by an actual Scotsman for a change, David Tennant. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, Tennant has been doing some great voice work lately. He was Fugitoid in the Ninja Turtles and did a fantastic job of that. I, I, you know, when I found out Tennant was going to be Fugitoid, I was like, what the fuck? How are you going from Dr. Goddamn Who to a bit character on Ninja Turtles? This is super weird. It's like, how are you going to be, you know, this, this Time Lord time-traveling alien to being this robot time-traveling alien that's so strange but on right right but I mean, it, is, it is strange because how are you how are you going to be a character slightly derivative of the character you're best known for in live action but instead do it in a modestly priced 3d animation for children probably because he likes ninja turtles and he has a sense of humor 
And that is why he's a great Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that's pretty great. I that's a nice touch. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and and the the cast is absolutely fan freaking tastic. Uh Danny Pudi played Abed in community is Huey, Ben Schwartz oh. is Dewey, uh Bobby Mionahan is Louie, and uh Kate Bobby uh, Moynihan? Moynihan, yep. <laughs> I knew I've heard it Saturday and then Night I, Live. Yeah, and then I saw it written right? and I was like, I Oh boy. Uh, yeah. He gets around. He's a guy who, who, who gets was, around. Who was the other one? Uh, ben Schwartz. Who's that? I don't recall off the top of my head. I didn't write it down. Okay. So Ben Schwartz, but good. I'm really terrible with names. I'm, I'm surprised I, that I got Moynihan. I mean, I'll tell you right now, uh, he, play, he plays Dewey, and Dewey is the best duck so far. <laughs> okay. So best duck. Well, except for Webby Vanderquack, who has been seriously upgraded as a character. Um, she's Re- fan- Refresh my memory. Who is that? Uh, she's the... Uh, niece uh she's or daughter of uh mrs beakley the maid oh okay i i i remember now so this is this is unlocking memories from really far back (laughs) yeah 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 launchpad is in it and most important to the the very strong connections that this series has with the comic books donald is in it as a main character throughout good and he is Unfucking intelligible. Well, that's, that's the way he should be, right? right? But way more than normal. It's incredible. You can understand maybe ten percent of what he's saying without straining yourself. That's funny. I I, I read. I don't know if it's a rumor, but are they going to bring in Darkwing Duck? They are going to bring in Darkwing Duck. What Shit. about what about um? I forget his name, but he was like a superhero. Gizmo Duck. Yes. Venton Crackshell, the accountant. Yes. Uh, they certainly could. And in the first episode alone, in fact, within the first 10 minutes of the first episode, they mentioned in passing, just for world building, I guess, Cape Suzette from Tailspin, Spoonerville from Goof Troop, and St. Canard from Darkwing Duck. Wow. What? We, we are living at the beginning of a Disney afternoon shared Cinematic universe. universe. <laughs> and it is going to be great. The Duckburg Cinematic like, Universe. I mean, I was all about having some some great Darkwing connections. But because of Gizmo Duck, there's always been a Darkwing connection to DuckTales. Yeah. But when they said Cape Suzette, and that's the first bone throw that they had, I was like, holy shit. Tailspin. If they could just and there's like there's a news article that says something about sky pirates. I'm like, yes. Well, wasn't uh, <laughs> Launchpad in, in uh, Launchpad tail, was tailspin? in Darkwing. Oh, right, right, right. Wait, who was in Tailspin? Was there a crossover? No there? crossover. Oh no, yeah, that none. Was, that was all okay. Mammals. I'm thinking of Darkwing then. And it was dubious what time period Tailspin took place in because it was very like 1940s, 30s Indiana Jones kind of. Pulp adventure right. Yeah, and like did DuckTales take place then? I don't know. I would, they had I Gizmo would, Duck, so probably I'd, not. I'd be pretty pumped for a new Tailspin because a Tailspin spinoff because I always felt like the the opening sequence got me pumped as a kid, but I would always fall asleep in the middle of an episode because nothing ever really happened. All the exciting plane <laughs> flying was in the opening, and then yeah, some of this just... stuff I haven't seen for like twenty plus years. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tailspin always had a really just cool vibe to it because it was so like edge of the known world, like city in the tropics, in jungle, and, yeah, yeah, and a bar that's on an island and stuff like that buildings and the treetops so like every everything was like a tree house i don't know it's yeah interesting 
Yeah, it's a good vibe. So I'm very. Weren't they like mice or something? Or no, there were bears. It, it, bears. It was, it was uh, all, all sorts of mammals. Yeah. Oh right, right, right. Sheer Khan, because they were all jungle. Oh, that's characters. right. It was like, bl- it was a, was it Baloo? Baloo. Baloo. Yeah. But but was he called Baloo? He was called Baloo. Yeah. Yeah. And Sheer Khan was was the, Sheer Khan a, a businessman. Yeah, he's wearing a suit. So it's like and, you watch and, Jungle and, Book and Louis ran the the bar on the island. If if you watch Jungle Book and then watch Tailspin, you're like. What the fuck happened? Like, it's, I mean, it's like I don't. I genuinely don't know. I don't know the it's story like the of developing gas tailspin. from Planet of the Apes got breathed in in the jungle, and they all started wearing clothes and speaking. I was thinking so. the one with the chipmunks. What was that? Oh, that was Rescue Rangers. Yeah, Rescu- I was thinking of Rescue Rangers yeah. for some reason. <laughs> Which is Rescue Rangers? I've always felt is in a shared universe with the Rescuers. It was like clearly a spinoff, a television version yeah. of the Rescuers. Just like Bonkers is clearly a weird TV adaptation of and Roger totally Rabbit. Nuts. Mm. <laughs> and those things can't possibly exist in the same reality as these other shows but the ones with with talking animal people in a world of talking animal people they all are apparently together which is great i'm super excited about it now this premieres out but the next episode doesn't happen until september 23rd so if you want to track down this first episode you've got a little over a month go forth john it's been a while since we've done any SciTech talk What's cooking? Well, I mean, like, <laughs> a team managed to figure out how to actually suck CO2 out of the atmosphere and using nothing but solar power converted into long-chain carbon nanotubes. Was this which, in those, uh, they, they kind of looked like uh, semi-trailers or something. Is that is that the same thing? Semi-trailers? No, I mean, these guys are planning to, like, basically take things that, they basically look like oil rigs, actually. Oh. Put a bunch of solar collectors on the top of them and, uh, you know, basically use that to superheat materials. Um, okay. The one I read, I read an article uh, about extracting CO2 from the atmosphere and converting it into, like, fuel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, obviously, you know, that's, that's the one I'm thinking right? of. Like, yeah. technically. So there's a lot of weird stuff you can do with CO2, ultimately, if you just have all your chemistry in order. Um, but what makes this so particularly interesting, of course, is is that, like, we kind of need to lower the CO2 in the atmosphere, so, like, what the fuck do you do, right? Um, you know, how do you right, do that because profitably? we can't, it's impossible for us to reverse global warming just by stopping doing things. The only thing we can do is drastically take super science into our own hands to stop it. Right. I mean, you would hope that eventually the Earth would catch up, hopefully. How do you mean? <laughs> but... Well, well you know, I mean, most of it is absorbed by the ocean. So in theory, you know, like, now. even though it it would be really bad, like there could be a big algae bloom that starts helping out or more. hurting severely. But, but that would, on what you know, that, that would perhaps was. kill all of us. So, you know, right, 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 right. <laughs> the earth and, would be fine. The <laughs> and the whole point really about like global warming and why it's such a hazard at this point is because like, you know, has the temperature been warmer before? Of course it has, but it also took literally tens of thousands of years to reach that naturally. And we've managed to, on the other hand, like basically just turn the lever all the way to the right kind of a thing in you know, a hundred years. Right. Like even within our own lifetimes, it's, it's insane how different like winters and summers and stuff are compared to even when I was a child. Uh, Dude, I was just thinking the exact same thing. I was out, I was outside at one of the parks recently here in Orlando and it's all pavement. Right. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, I came to the same park as a kid at the same time of year, many years in a row, never was it this bad. Like it was, it it was, it's insane. And then there's there's that uh, interactive graph that came out recently. It's a weird, 
circular temperature oh yeah range. where it shows the animated yeah where like it shows the average temperature each exactly. month for every country around the, the yeah the right, world. around the world yeah. and then yeah. like starting in like 1995 suddenly it's like it just starts ratcheting yeah. up until finally like you hit like 1999 2000 and it just like fucking blows up after that yeah i'm surprised we're still alive <laughs> it, it's crazy because yeah like winters are more intense now summers are more intense which is exactly what was postulated would occur. Um, I mean, you know, even the winters being weird. And bar all the conversations about that stuff and focusing back on this specific technology, the whole point here is, though, is like, you know, what do you do politically, right? Well, you, you stop all carbon dioxide. Well, that's, like, really hard. I mean, we all breathe out carbon yeah, dioxide. Yeah, stop breathing, so, people. Yeah. <laughs> so stop breathing. Put a cork in your cow's anus. Car. I was just about to say, um, we got to kill them cows. Well, start there's them. actually an interesting solution to that, but I'll let John continue. Yeah, stop please. charging your electric car with, you know, coal power plants, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's like a really huge problem. And so, you know, conversely, you could, of course, I don't know, just be like, okay, we're going to suck all the CO2. We're going to sequester it. We're literally just going to try to store it underground and hope to God it doesn't leak back out again, Um, you know, in a gaseous state and all these (laughs) other like, you know, fantastically bad ideas where you're just like, if you think about it, this is not the solution to the problem. Yeah, if you think about it, in theory, you could just make coal out of CO2. Well, and, and that's practically where this is gone though thankfully not coal because seriously what the fuck right <laughs> yeah fuck coal so here's the fucking crazy shit they actually managed to make millimeter length carbon nanotubes um and they think that they can actually get that price down to basically about in other words their actual manufacturing costs would only be 660 dollars per ton now i love a good tube but what does a carbon nanotube do for me? Oh, God. Space oh, God. elevators. Space elevators. So 660 per ton. But the current market value for that is dollars to $400,000 per ton. Oh. So in other words, so capitalism you could be rich. should actually work to fix the CO2 level. But um, why? Why? Why do you want them? Why do I want, why do I want to pay premium for tiny tubes? Because the shit can be woven into actual clothing, which would make bulletproof, taser-proof suits, um, you can mix the stuff into, like, ceramics and cement to make them more fracture and blast resistant. Couldn't you also make uh, Vanta Black with this? Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Like, You're familiar with Vanta Black, aren't you? Well, of course. It, as I but, understand it, it's illegal for anybody but the inventor of the color Vanta Black to make Vanta Black. Uh, I don't know. No, no, no. They, no, they, they, for, the they, problem. The they problem forbid anyone from using it. It's, they forbid anybody to use it for the purpose of making art, except for that one artist who is a douchebag. However, to be fair, Vanta Black wasn't ever going to really be used by anybody else anyway, because that specific formulation is like really, really, really difficult to apply. So that same group that made Vanta Black is now making another black that will actually be easier to apply and hopefully won't be individually licensed to one, you know, dick, basically. Sweet. Uh, but you could it, probably do some really cool stuff with stealth planes in that, too. Well, I mean, assuming that it also works for radar, which is the number one way that you would ever find a plane. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, it's just... Have we like, ever had enough car- carbon nanotubes to completely coat a plane and test that out? <laughs> <laughs> or just the underside, really. Just do the underside and, and first. Will it still fly afterwards, or does it somehow cause, like, a horrible problem? Oh, yeah, there could be, like, literally really weird air. micro-eddies or something. 
which could maybe even be beneficial. But yeah, I mean, that's you know, possible. It's, invis- it's, right? it's invisible to radar. It actually holds it together really well. The only side effect is it just whistles really loudly as it flies by. You it can hear. It from I was thinking more away. like it. It's, it might be more like a golf ball effect. You know, like the reason that they have divots on golf balls only like microscopic. Right. Yeah, divots Wait, because the golf balls would be too loud if they didn't have the divots. I could have sworn uh, I read it's an not about years sound. Ago that was it's about talking making about, like whale fins or something, and how they actually come into like micro spikes at the very tip. Oh yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah. All sorts of weird stuff. I mean, when you get into like microscopic liquid fluidics, I mean, you know, <laughs> crazy, right? <laughs> well, yeah, like oh, shark, oh. shark skin is really insane if you look at it in a microscope. Yeah, too. yeah. And I mean, sharks also have that crazy electromagnetic sense, which is apparently insane. What was it like? They could tell the difference if they were in like Miami and you put a double A battery in New York City or something like that was how perceptive their electric sense was. Oh, literally nonsensical. That's fucked up. (laughs) Why do they have that power? Uh, How do they know I'm throwing batteries into the water in New York? <laughs> they are the ocean's guardians. <laughs> I gotta tell you, boys, we got this surplus batteries. We gotta move them. I gotta get rid of it. I can't handle this much heat. Just dump them in the Hudson. But, 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 but boys, you, you bring the sharks. <laughs> hey, I ain't worried about this sharks. What are they, some new gang? I ain't worried about them. <laughs> Throw them away one D cell at a time. <laughs> They'll never Which notice. Clearly, why street sharks became a thing. <laughs> 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 awesome <laughs> so, so the whole point is is that if you took just i mean the sahara is huge right like that is a big desert but if you took never 4%, been there <laughs> if you ever look at google earth it's terrifying how <laughs> big that place is i mean it doesn't make rational sense it's like a scar on the planet but if you took oh, like humanity uh, that's more of a plague uh, <laughs> sorry four percent or the of the, of the sahara desert four percent of the super uh ugh. God, 4% of the surface area of the Sahara Desert would be enough to restore the entire Earth's atmosphere back to pre-industrial levels in 10 years. Wait, so carbon nanotubes are going to help us turn a portion of the Sahara into a forest, like that one bit of chrono trigger? No. I think there's actually a statistic nope. uh, that's similar on solar panels. I can solar talk panels. about how to do that, though. Okay, no, yeah, there was a lot, there's a lot of overlap talking. I just know that we were talking the carbon nanotubes and then... A certain percentage of the Sahara Desert can help if it was converted. Store. If it was converted into nanotubes, plant the plants <laughs> to make these nanotubes out of the atmosphere. You plants set up facilities to, on four percent. You've got pre-industrial levels back in ten years. I got you. Industrial okay, I got plant. You. I got you. Not yeah. Okay, I'd say like a carbon nanotube becomes a plant. No, like, Doug, like, follow along. I'm trying God. to, but we're all talking. <laughs> I mean, you guys do have to remember, of course, that it was carbon nanotubes that they added into the spider feed or whatever and made them have, like, crazy super-duper strong silk, even stronger than normal spider Wait, silk, which is they fed crazy. spiders tubes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, man, that happened. I mean, I don't know if these specific <laughs> millimeter tubes are, like, the right size or if they're actually too large to do that with, but uh, that was the thing that happened. Are they food-grade <laughs> carbon nanotubes for the spiders? Well, that's the you, whole you have to You have to inject them into flies. It's this whole process. <laughs> okay so what you're saying is you pull carbon out of the atmosphere you make tubes folks get rich global warming gets reversed uh i'm just saying it sounds like what we need is an adventure capitalist it does <laughs> jump start my heart <laughs> <laughs> we need someone who's richer than the richies and tougher than the toughies <laughs> or however that goes and anyway. still alive not casper <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Smarter than the smarties and tougher. Wait, than was the Casper tubbies. rich? 
Though the joke was that he was the ghost of Richie Rich. Oh, uh, okay, okay, gotcha. He's like looks identical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, what was it like? Muska, uh, he got a. He's actually going to make hyperloops now, right? Yeah, they did that like, successful test, right? I think they got well, uh, permission no, to mean, do like. Musk said before, like I'm not going to get into it unless people aren't moving on it, and I now he's moving on it. So. Yeah, they got permission to go between like two cities, supposedly, right? D.C. and New York. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but then I also heard later that the mayors of those company or uh, cities had never heard of anything about this, which is all the more interesting, right? <laughs> well, perhaps the mayors aren't really in charge. Tough titties, folks. You're getting a super super fashionably scientific mode of transportation. Deal with it. You'll be fine. Except that you'll also be underwater because both of those cities are very low-lying and prone to flooding. Um, well, New York actually, I mean, you can go drill down pretty far in New York. They, there's some like gigantic caverns underneath. I That's think, because isn't they have something called bedrock. Yeah, we, yeah. So theoretically, you could actually wall up the entire city. Oh, we should probably get on that. They're going to need it. <laughs> yeah, we can't, on the other hand, down here in lovely Florida. The yeah, entire they, thing they, is nothing but limestone, which is porous. That's why New York has subways, and then they have subways beneath the subways, and then they have, like, giant caverns that they've uh, carved out that they don't do anything with, and they're Filled thinking about turning line. into parks. I can't help but, you know, notice that you didn't mention the mole people, which well, are also all down in all these tunnels. I don't like <laughs> to talk about no mole people. We all know that ain't no thing. It's lizards. <laughs> Lizards who live in the core of the earth, siphoning the heat off of Mother Earth's uh, warm, wo- molten womb. Uh, it, it is, a, quite frankly, disgusting, and uh, I'm against it. So I can't decide if Elon Musk is one, is in cahoots with them. He's trying to get us underground with his boring company, and uh, you know he's just really good at digging because he is one of them lizards. Or maybe he's or, a freedom fighter. Or maybe he wants us to get down there so we can fight him. I don't know. Easy I, well, access. We, we better check him out. Well, Hyperloop is basically a gigantic pistol pointed at the heart of the lizard man underground. Kapow! Yeah, but what about the rocket programs, though? He's trying to make contact with the home world. I ain't know if we're going to go out and buy the Teslas to fund this or not. Uh, and he's going to go to Mars and lead an extinction party to make sure that in, there aren't any of them left on the Martian surface. Anyway, or he's just trying to bring us to them. Anyway, we have a number of uh, important contributors and nutraceuticals to tell you about. Um, please support Scale Watchers on Patreon. <laughs> You mean vitamins? We we ain't selling none of them scammy nutraceuticals. Yeah, right, right. Well, fi- vitamins. I mean, te- technically speaking, they they are a nutraceutical, but they are uh, vitamins. Yeah, but they, they is a higher quality than anybody else is even allowed to sell. That's true. You will literally die if you do not use them. <laughs> anyway, we have some new patrons. <laughs> Everybody, please welcome these awesome people who are supporting this show and all the shows on the Nerdy Show Network, beginning with Benjamin Britt, Alan Larson, Jerome Marchand, and Christopher Mina. Mina? Mina. (laughs) One of those things. Let's say Mina. Welcome, friends. Welcome to uh, this experience. We hope you enjoy all the bonus perks that are, are being sent to you in your emails. And uh, one of the features you can get from the myriad features 
and bonuses that come with being a patron of the Nerdy Show Network are shout-outs at $10 or more. And we have a couple here for you today, including one from Jameson Lalone. I believe, Boar, you've got Oh, hey, that that's one. me. Uh, okay, he writes, not sure if this is the proper channels to request a shout-out, but this one is specifically for Boar. Hey, that's me. Uh, and he says, can we get some Derpy Show love and how about a train break? How about a train break? Um, well, uh, I, it's kind of hard to wrangle some of the other uh, Derpy Show crew at this point, but uh, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I'll, I'll try to plan something for the future for you and see if we can inject just a little bit of extra Derpy Show into Nerdy Show. Uh, I don't have anything for you right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, Neo Faust sometimes uh, is easy to, to pull in, so... I'll I'll see what we can do for you. For buddy. people who aren't hip to old school nerdy show programming, um, well, first of all, go to nerdyshow.com slash derpy show and discover that. But what is a train break? A train break. Uh, when we first started recording Derpy Show, uh, I recorded it with the Derpy Show crew in a in a house that was really close to train tracks. And so instead of when we would hear a train go by, uh, usually they were blowing their whistles for some reason because they like to do that near our house. Uh, instead of stopping the recording, we just we would yell out train break and we would all start beatboxing along with the train. So there would be like a whistle in the background. We'd be like, you know, and, and, and various beatboxings would happen. And uh, okay. and and those became a sensation for some reason. We just injected them in because why the fuck not? <laughs> and uh, people were like, "Yes, that's my favorite part." <laughs> and so like we we would make sure to record at that house and get get the the trains occasionally. But later on in Derpy Show, uh, I moved away from the train tracks to uh, perhaps a more posh neighborhood, and 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 we didn't we lost the train break at one point. So uh, it's uh. It's kind of nostalgic that somebody wants one. So, well, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get some big speakers and uh, sort of put them outside the studio so they can you can get the reverberations through the walls, but press them up against the walls. Yeah, and play some audio from well, I don't know free sound. You know me, I've got speakers that could do that. Yeah, no, we should we can do this. <laughs> we can do this. But Jameson, it's going to take a, a bit for us to get those hosts together and rig up this setup to create an authentic train and, break. And, and I can tell you this, guys, uh, for, for anybody else out there that wants any Derpy Show related content, flood us with requests for it. Because if I can show the other Derpy Show crew that you guys love them and want them to come back, I can maybe arrange something. At least a special. Uh, it's difficult to motivate them though, but I know that they, they love the attention and, and, and knowing that people like what we did. So, you know, like I said, just send us more messages and, and, and we'll try to make where, that happen. Where should they do that? Where should they send messages? Uh, send them to, to bore at derpy show.com or, um, yeah, that'll probably be the best way that, that'll go direct to me. You can, you can encourage me there. I can forward it on to the rest of the crew and, uh, yeah. Cool. And we have one more Patreon shout-out. This is a monthly reoccurring message from True Roosevelt, Jeffrey McSorley. John, take it away. Is it that whole thing? <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, okay. I just, uh, do you have old shirts? Shirts that are dirty, but have holes in them, or simply are too stretched out from wearing them over the last one, two, or even five years. Well, boy, howdy, do I have a suggestion for you. 
Toss out your old crummy clothes or donate to a thrift store and replace them with genuine Nerdy Show t-shirts. Yes, you heard me right. You too can replace your faded Mario and Game of Thrones tees with the likes of your favorite Nerdy Show Network show. Show support for Nerdy Show to your friends. Or just get a Picathor and astound all around you with its glory. So go ahead, eliminate the ragged shirts of yesteryear, and replace your wardrobe with all the shirts that Nerdy Show has to offer. Just follow the links at nerdyshow.com slash store. Now, you can support us on Patreon, and that is the best thing, because that way we know how much money we're able to have to keep the show alive, start new projects, pay the bills. That's awesome. But also... You can give one-time donations at nerdyshow.com slash support. Now, Jameson Lalone, he's already a patron. That's why he has that shout-out that he just asked for that question. But he gave us a one-time donation of $100 recently. Damn! And with it was this letter. Greetings, Nerdy Show crew. Due to the mess of my own personal life, my podcast backlog has grown to being about six months behind on many of the Nerdy Show podcasts. Two weeks ago, I got to drive from Baltimore to San Diego and began my catch-up. Holy shit, that is a drive. <laughs> I don't know if you can even go much further in the United States without like doing a complete diagonal from like the, the Florida, Florida Keys Center. up to Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty extreme. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that's, I, like, that's like four or five days worth of driving. That it's strange. I just, I just wanted to put that into perspective <laughs> yeah, for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I burned through so much liberty and Dungeons and Doritos, it's not even funny. Although I guess taking a 40-hour road trip will do that. After flying home for a week, then flying back to San Diego to begin the return drive, I see the post about the Dungeons and Doritos hiatus and was deeply saddened just from the post. And then I listened to Cap's announcement and my heart sank. My thoughts go out to Rule and his family. I guess for those of you who aren't aware, Dungeons and Doritos is on hiatus, and we have a short post in the Dungeons and Doritos feed explaining that. He goes on to say, I've been listening for a long damn time and am not as interactive as I could slash should be. I'm in. I'm another one of those who, thanks to my brother Jeff, came on board after Brian Clevenger's post on nuclear power. Hell, I think the last time I reached out was when I sent you guys the nostalgia bomb, read box of crap, for book club usage. After seeing the post, I felt compelled, even before hearing about Rule, to step beyond my normal Patreon recurring contributions to do more. So here's 100 bones. I know you can't sustain on one-time donations, but the big nerdy family needs to stick together. Signed, Jameson Lalone, hashtag always be lurking, hashtag always be Roosevelting. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. And, Thank you so much. And he's got such great taste, you know, liking Derpy Show that much. <laughs> 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 You know, so, so thank you again for the uh, contribution and, and your fine, fine taste in, in programming. Derpy, <laughs> Derpy Show, the best podcast ever. <laughs> and, and a true uh, Roosevelt move, classy through and through. Yeah, thank too, you so much. Too cool. Thank you. Now, one other way you can help support us is by shopping on Amazon VR. Amazon links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. Just follow the links, buy the stuff you're going to buy, have a good time. And Doug... Some fine folks have told us the stuff they bought. Indeed. So, so here's an example of what you can do and how you can actualize your Amazon purchases. Take, you know, send that money to those draconian overlords, but also send some money to Nerdy Show in the process. At least it eases your conscience a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a message from Dizdon Bates, who says, "Bought my wife's dad a birthday gift." 
I think that also could be called a father-in-law. <laughs> Bought my wife's dad a birthday gift totaling $40. Hoping you guys get a nice cut from the grill spices and ceramic nut bowl shaped like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Always use Nerdy Show Amazon links. It pays. Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Yes. Who do you trust? Thank you very much, Disney. And we have a message from Big Bad Shadow Man who just simply said, I just pre-ordered a bunch of Pacific Rim stuff. Hell yeah. Huh. I didn't know there was a bunch of Pacific Rim stuff to pre-order, but I'll have to go look into that. There's some figurines. There's some books. Some comic books. Some great comic books. Huh. Okay. Hype's getting real with that first teaser for the second one coming out. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I've got one from Cerebral Paladin. Uh, he writes, I've bought a number of small items over the past few months, but recently had to replace my G700 gaming mouse. This mouse was a dear friend who has been in my company and, and in the gentle hand in my gentle hands for over six years (laughs) they no longer make that model so i'm trying out the g602 instead i hope it will help me kill many aliens zombies monsters and terrorists Uh, perhaps even save a princess or two in the very least it will throw a few bucks your way keep up the great work in these lean times thank you cerebral paladin now, if you can't support financially, then you can totally do it for free by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or rating and reviewing our series or individual episodes on Podchaser. Podchaser is a new platform for podcast discovery. And if you go to nerdyshow.com slash podchaser, you can get all the info on how it works, how to use our beta keys to get in on the beta, and rate and review our series to your heart's content. Now, some awesome people have been doing just that. It's Amazing because you can find specific episodes by searching terms. So if you're looking for a show about a certain thing or you want to find an RPG podcast where they play the Ghostbusters board, uh, tabletop game, you can do that. You can't do that on iTunes. iTunes is vague and weird. Can we start just the trend of calling it the iTunes killer? <laughs> I think I, I would people, love to call it the people iTunes People might killer. just start getting behind it then. Podchaser is the iTunes killer. At least in so far as you discovering podcasts, you can you know you can describe you can subscribe through whatever means you do. Especially people. since I refuse to use iTunes for anything. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, and you can't. Uh, it's it's awful. It's it's a super pain in the ass. Even when I when I'm reading people's reviews that they send us, I have to dictate it on Siri because they won't let you copy and paste text from it. Yeah, really. Even though you yeah. own the the you know the channel, feed. The yeah. feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's super annoying. So on Podchaser, that ain't a problem. So I, I want to point this out. We were at one point in the top 10 rated podcasts on Podchaser. But understandably, the bigger shows that even your grandma knows about. They started to open the floodgates to more people. Yeah. Yeah. So Nerdy Show's presently at number 16, holding the line at 30 ratings and 13 reviews. We need 67 to be at the tippy top. Come on, guys. Which really isn't that much no, it's, more. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Let, let's, let's get up there. Let's up the ante. And the Dungeons & Doritos, for example, they're at, uh, it's at 32, rank 32 with 19 We ratings. know there's more than 60-some of you out there. Yeah. yeah. We, 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 since, we can see you, so don't, don't pretend. Since this is the iTunes killer, it's way easier to use Podchaser than iTunes. Oh, yeah. So it's like... Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah. Yeah, if you go to our website, uh, what, what is it? Nerdyshow.com slash Podchaser, Correct. I believe. Yep. You go there, and there's a couple of uh, sign-up keys and links and exactly what to do. Super easy stuff. Yep. Um, and I just want to give a bone throw to Abyss, who's been doing some great reviews, including this one on uh, for Nerdy Show. Always fun and interesting. Spend most of their time being genuinely excited, but never feel fake or forced. Thank you for being awesome and nerdy. And thank you, Abyss, for also being awesome and nerdy. I always try to f- feel fake and forced, so <laughs> uh, I need to do a better job of that. If I'm out of bed... I'm fake and forced. <laughs> <laughs> I need to tap into my my inner uh, 
morning radio DJ that's in me to be fake and forced, you know? Well, you also probably need a soundboard. Yeah, I need a a soundboard with some effects. A toilet flush. Hey, oh, welcome to Dirty Show. Bing, bong, (laughs) bong. Ooga, ooga. (laughs) We did a multicast about that, didn't we? A multiverse podcast. (laughs) We certainly did. And I got to say, the more... It was fun at the time. But the more I think about it, the more dirty it feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or fake and force, in other words. Fake and force, yeah. 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 I mean, ooh. Which, that's another thing you can do. If you want to help more people experience Nerdcasting the Multiverse, find it on Podchaser and upvote it. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's specific you can episode. Because you can vote, or not vote, what am I saying? You can rate specific episodes. And review and tag with categories. Yeah. And yeah. the categories are going to be in future developments from Podchaser categories are going to be at the forefront of user-generated tags so people can discover the shows you So like. if we do something cool and fun like that that you enjoy, if you find it on Podchaser and vote it up, it not only exposes more people to it, but then we'll see it and we'll be like, oh, they really they like this. They want more this. of this. They yeah. want more of that. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, it's super-duper helpful. So Podchaser, do check it out. I think it's going to be the future. I think it's going to kill iTunes. Yes. And if you go and you rate it, you don't have to write a review. You can come back and write the review later. Yeah. There's it no saves obliga- your information. Yep. It's super easy. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the main show. A while back, I talked about Splatoon 2. They did one of their early test fires of the game. And now, thanks to the kind, dear sweetheart of Jess, she saw that I was trying to be responsible and not buy a new video game and... For my, as a belated birthday present, she sent me a copy of Splatoon 2. Oh, boy. Because she is a dear, sweet friend. So, I've been playing Splatoon 2, and it is the dog's teats. And... Is that good? Oh, it's real good. There's okay. a lot of them. There's there, <laughs> more bang for your buck. Dog teats everywhere. <laughs> Gotta get that milk. <laughs> it's, where they, it's where milk comes... Well, not necessarily... Well, well that's a different uh, topic. <laughs> um... <laughs> Want to learn more about Delk? You go on there into the multiverse episodes. Thanksgiving special. Um, so Splatoon 2 offers, now that I've gotten to, to play the full game, 100% more of the same quality of the first game. If you love that online multiplayer, if you love that fun single-player campaign, it's got all that. But tighter, better, and some shit that I did not expect at all. There is a whole new mode of online play called salmon run and this thing is weird as fuck because at random intervals like 12 hour periods of time or so on different days a door in like the courtyard room of splatoon um will open up and you'll be able to get a job working for a company called grisco and grisco is this very shady organization harvesting eggs from these creatures called salmonids these okay. these fish people. Okay. So you put on your galoshes and go out to some weird dredge place in the ocean that looks like a thing from Fallout Far Harbor, <laughs> and and fight some Fallout Far Harbor monsters okay. that that come out of the ocean, streaming. And this their, is in Splatoon. This is in Splatoon. What? Streaming their own inky slime behind them, and it is a four player uh, co op thing. It's what people are guess, call horde mode these days. Uh-huh. So there's three waves. These different hordes of monsters come up. Oh, so it's kind of like Left 4 Dead, only you're in Splatoon. Right. Left 4 Dead without a narrative winding you through spaces, but very Left 4 Dead. Huh. 
because there's basic enemies of various sizes and types, and there's bosses that come through, and the bosses give you the golden eggs that you have to harvest from them. And you need to take those eggs after you acquire them from the bosses back to the harvesting thing. I have a question. Yes. Is there a salmon cannon? There is. Oh, my God. There is. The the bosses are super weird. I mean, the character design in Splatoon is always on point for even the background characters, and these salmonids are gross and fucking strange. There's one that's kind of like a Chinese dragon, but a fish skeleton that's spraying slime. And then at the very back of it at the tail is a tiny little salmonid who's like operating it like the cleaners in Labyrinth. What? There's is, a, this, is this actually a little, little spoopy? A little scary? It is, yes. <laughs> there's, there's a tower of kettles that turns into this, it's basically this giant sniper tower with this weird salmon cannon at the top of it spraying huge squirts. Oh, of, I, see, I was referring to real life salmon cannons where they load up salmon to get them up like a, oh, like a upstream. Yeah. Have you seen that? Where they'll they'll catch salmon and they have the salmon cannon where they, they throw the salmon in there and then it, it helps them swim upstream. I well, I they don't swim. This. It launches them upstream. Yeah, it literally like fires salmon. Yeah. I have like no. screwing with evolution. <laughs> I, I, I have not seen it that. Kind, you you it, can't make it up the creek. You don't deserve to, to mate. It basically is screwing with evolution, help, helping the salmon. <laughs> like the mate. one, like the one salmon that worked its tail off to get to the spawn point, turns around. It's like oh, that one dumbass well, now, salmon's now never going to get up here. Now and when, then they get, zoom. when they get stuck, people just pick them up, load them into the cannon, and they get up there all refreshed. They didn't. They didn't waste all their energy trying to get I up. I yep. feel like Boom. that might have been because we changed the flow of the rivers and yeah. so we're kind of countering it. But yeah, no, I mean, you know. Well, salmon, thanks yeah. thanks to tampering with s- s- salmon genetics by letting the weak salmon uh, prosper, that's where you get salmon it's from. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like, again, this would be my second War for Planet of the Apes uh, you know, <laughs> reference to this episode. <laughs> it's, it's super strange. The boss types are amazing and difficult and challenging, and they only tell you about some of them because as they make a point of saying, much like the sea, you can never truly know the mysteries and the only way to prepare for it is to experience it. So, <laughs> so it's four it's four players randomly assigned or co-op with friends if you can arrange that. And then you, you go, you do it, and you earn bonuses based on how many uh, successive complete rounds you do. Uh-huh. And those, bo- those, those bonus things allow you to accrue different kind of promotions and get special items. And every month there's different special items and different amounts of money and multipliers that you can take advantage of. I was going to ask if they added in like the gambling crates like every game likes to add in now. Nope. Okay, good. It's all hard work. It's your own hard work taking this weird job. Nice. And and what is weird about it is that it really is at random hours. Like part of the weird thing about Splatoon is in the first game, it was a full game on delivery, but they kept building it and they kept adding levels and they kept expanding it and gradually growing the game as the player base was evolving. And now they're not doing that the same way because they had an entire first game of development. There's people who are very experienced players already. So, but but Splatoon's maps, they only do two at a time for every different level. They change every hour. So it's very much a real-time experience. And that, it doesn't feel restrictive. It doesn't feel like a bad idea having this awesome mode of play that you can't do whenever you want Hmm. it makes it feel special and extra weird and it is super weird and i love that about it i didn't even know this existed until like i stumbled down an alleyway yesterday and where i knew there was like gonna be something but i thought it was maybe related to an update i didn't realize i just had to be there at the right time and what's more there's an app there's a nintendo switch app which is going to have different um 
connective features for different games. Basically, you download one app, and if you just on your phone on or your, on, your, on the Switch on your phone. Okay. If if you typically you know buy Nintendo products, say you Splatoon's the first one, you'll tap the Splatoon icon on the Switch app. All your games will be there whenever there's connectivity with it. You can go on there. You can buy exclusive gear that changes daily. That's like not not real world money, but oh, Splatoon okay. money. Okay. So it's just like another another market for that. You can use it to communicate with your friends to arrange uh, gaming dates and have use the voice chat of your own phone. So Nintendo can like keep its hands clean of we're not helping pedophiles hypothetically connect with children. Yeah. But all the thi- all the things are in place for you a human being with a smartphone and presumably any parental controls as needed. I was to- just going to say, man, I, I, I needed another instant messaging app because, you know, I just don't have enough these days. It's not that actually. Basically you go and you start, you start a game in the lobby and then it sends a ping out through the app and then you use the app as like basically your phone. It's, Oh, uh, I haven't used it yet. But- I thought you meant that like friends in Splatoon or whatever could bug you. Uh, no, random, no, you, 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 you go into the game, you set up a, a thing, you ping your friends, you can post a message to Facebook and say, hey, I'm playing Splatoon, uh, follow this link on the, on, like, to the app and whatever else. I haven't done this yet, but I've sort of seen how it works. That's another thing I need more of, more apps that want to post to Facebook. <laughs> but in, in this, in this case, it's good because if I, if I, I don't know which right, of my people friends. people love game requests on Facebook. I mean, do they? No. No, no. I, I've never, I've never done it. To me, that seemed really useful. Oh. Because I don't know who has Splatoon. Well, it's like, well like, I guess it's not a game request if it's just like, hey, I'm playing Splatoon. If you own Splatoon and want to play with me, click this link and you'll join my game. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, that's you what know? it is. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. So I'm, I'm pretty down with the Splatoon ecosystem. Like, it actually seems pretty well thought out and intriguing. Interesting. And rant. Now. That sounded more like a rave, but we'll, we'll continue. Good point. Good point. Fair point. <laughs> so before we go, I do have one more thing. You may have heard that Nerdy.fm, our nerd music streaming service, is closing. On August 21st, that will be the last day that we that we're streaming it all, and then we're shutting it down. And that really, really sucks. It was a it was a big surprise for us, but a culmination of a lot of separate factors. Um it's been it's been running for six years. Six years of exclusive music, special programming, interviews, and a curated selection of our favorite nerd music from all genres. We're all really proud of it and really pleased with what it accomplished. However, it's costing us a bit over $1,200 annually in monthly service fees, our developer accounts, and uh, URLs like our domain name, nerdy.fm, recently went up from $79 to $169 a year alone mm. a bunch of a bunch of costs that gradually snowballed and then another new cost piled on top of that which is that our streaming service the who the, the service we use to stream nerdy fm is now logging ascap hours and ascap is the american society for composers authors and publishers now legally speaking all of the music we play on nerdy fm is artist authorized mm-hmm. we're totally in the right to play this music however if this bot starts logging any samples or covers or anything else that it mistakes as something that we're not allowed to play, that's a problem because they're going to contact us. And the only way that we could legally dodge all of this and not have to deal with all these 
potential lawsuits coming our way is to pay a performance rights organization, which could add at least $500 to that yearly total. Mm. And that means that Nerdy FM is living way outside of any funding that it gets, like way outside of it. So we just can't do it anymore, which is a terrible shame. However, we're launching a Nerdy FM podcast. Mark with a C is hosting a brand new podcast on Nerdy Show coming, I believe, in September. More details on that when it hits. But if you love nerd music, if you love Nerdy FM, then this is going to be just like Mark's takeovers. And you'll get a little slice of it every single month. And it won't truly die just the part where you listen to a radio station on the internet. Which, you know, like I said really sucks but it is what it is we've had a lot of big changes here at nerdy show and what's super annoying about this is that there are a great many ones that we haven't expected like ghostbusters going on hiatus dungeons and doritos going on hiatus um some of our big supporters having to pull out due to financing issues and we didn't see any of that coming but there are actual intentional changes to the way we do things that are coming up that are that's just we're, I've, I worry that it's putting you, the listener, in a situation where you're like, what the hell is going on with Nerdy Show? Down <laughs> is up, up is down, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Nothing, like, is something wrong? And the answer is like, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things wrong, but not really. There's always something wrong. Like, I mean, we're, we're a small <laughs> business struggling to keep afloat and, we're, and we have to change with the tides and, and all that. So we had some very intentional changes coming up that have nothing to do with these minor catastrophes that have been hitting us all summer long. Yeah, like we've been getting punched here and there, but we're rolling with them pretty well and we're just trying to come up with new strategies and, and, and stuff like that for making everything better in the future yeah mm-hmm. I, I suppose the thing if you're if you're like wondering like what the fuck is going on or or if you're a patron you're like what chaos am i backing <laughs> uh the the actual thing is that things are things are different things are changing but ultimately everything's fine and we are rolling with those punches for example as i've said before coming out of the the unexpected hiatuses of dungeons and doritos and ghostbusters resurrection we're going full speed ahead call of cthulhu is coming back and we're going to our, our goal is for Call of Cthulhu to be a regular series now. It's been hugely popular. Everyone loves it. We love doing it. So we want that to be our thing, a thing that we're doing, the big thing that we're doing. And there's a bunch of other plans cooking as well. They're not firmed up enough that I feel like I can, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you something that's going to end up being like not true. Right. But that's the thing that we know of right now that is true. We're recording later this month. It's happening. We don't know when it's going to come out. We're going to be testing how quickly we can produce it and sort of figure out what kind of a schedule we can keep it on. But that's the goal. Call of Cthulhu is coming back. Nerdy FM is dying as a streaming service, but being born again as a podcast. It's leveling up. Uh, yeah, I, well, maybe. depending it's evolving. on evolving. It is evol- It is definitely evolving. Uh, and this is a, in the small business world, growing always is painful. And uh, let's consider it a Phoenix-like cycle of death and rebirth. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking about it anyway. So well, what we need is a salmon cannon <laughs> for us. <laughs> hey, you folks know any salmon cannons? Let us know. And we'll we'll sliver our way inside of them and get rocketed to the top. But taking us out on that note is Schaefer the Dark Lords. Yes, live from a Nerdy FM exclusive concert recording. All this kind of special content that we've made just for Nerdy FM. Keep an eye on the Nerdy FM Twitter. And Facebook, because we're going to be playing all these exclusives at different events 
leading up to the end of Nerdy FM. So, here's Schaefer's Yes. And it's not this dance. Thank you. Do boo what you get into. I just want to bounce up out and have some fun with you. There's something wild behind your smile, I see it trickle through. Maybe we could teach each other a new trick or two. So, where to? My place or yours? Or anywhere where we can get behind closed doors? I'll gladly go and grab us up a cab, but before that, I must ensure that everything is well up aboard. Yeah, here's my full name, and here's my address. In case you want to send them to your best friend in a text, let them know where you're going, who you're with, and when you leave. Even ask them if there's anything they've heard about me. We've had a couple drinks tonight. Are you impaired? Are you stumbling? Are you fucked up? Or are you aware and coherent and quite capable of making decisions? Then cool, but I'll keep asking for conviction. And we go one, one, two, two, three, and three, four. For your words, say yes, I'ma need a little more. I know you want it. Would you react with intent? But first, I need that enthusiastic consent. And we go four, four, three, three, two, and two, one. Party checking, checking in, even after we're done. But before we progress, stop before we undress. I'ma need a lot more than a yes. I don't see the mere fact that you flirt with me as a sealed contract of our sexual certainty. It doesn't matter what you said when you were sexting me. It only matters how you say it when you're next to me. And I don't care if we've done it before, or if earlier we made out on the dance floor, or if tonight you change your mind, fall asleep, or say stop, then that's when this stops. But this isn't just about your consent to my desire. Let's talk about what you want and what lights your fire. You want me begging? In leggings? Are you interested in pegging? This could be amazing, let's start to assuage that we're good, giving and game And on the same page, everything in black and white and crystal clear of the day No blurred lines, no shades of gray And we go one, one, two, two, three, and three, four Will your words say yes, I'ma need a little more I know you want it, when you react with intent The first I need that, enthusiastic consent And we go four, four, three, three, two, and two, one All the check checking in, even after we're done But before we progress, stop, before we undress I'ma need a lot more than a yes So we go five, five, six, six, seven, 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 eight, eight No means no is never up for debate And the lack of a no isn't the same as a yes And a yes isn't the same as an oh my god, yes If that sentiment is expressed We can't indulge to excess or only caress But before we progress, stop before we undress I'ma need a lot more than a yes When I ask you wanna, you say yes You wanna? You wanna? When I ask, this okay? You say, oh yes, this okay? This okay? When I ask, into it? You say, fuck yes, into it? Into it? When I ask, keep going? You say, no, keep going? Alright, then this is done. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.